Hi guys, Tom Ulrich and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back again to another episode of What's Going On Here. This is episode number 55, and my name is Tomo Lovrick, as usual, hosting this show for you guys. Or, as I'm better known in horse riding circles as Mm T-Love. And with me, as always, I have the one, the only, the magnificent, the... Chesney Luminescent, Hawks. the... What was that? Chesney Hawks. Chesney Hawks? Who the hell is Chesney Hawks? Are you going to Chesney Hawks? No. I guess maybe that's a British pop song. Okay. He sang the one and only. Uh, the one and only. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let, let me try that intro again. And now with me, as always, is the wheeling dealing, the kiss stealing, the horse riding, the limo driving. Woo! 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 The one and only Sean Quigley, ladies and gentlemen, a.k.a. the Lord Marshal, a.k.a. the Lord Chancellor, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the Quig, as he's known in NASCAR circles. And there are a lot of them. Yes. That's... Well, yeah, at least 500. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, my friend? Good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not too bad. Chesney yeah. Ho- oh, now Chesney Hawks rings yeah. a bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was kind of a big name in the 80s in, in England. And yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Except, uh, I was going to say, they sort of pronounced it a little, it was sort of more of a Chesney, oh. as, as opposed to a Chesney. Oh, yeah? Chesney? Chesney. I think they, well, what do oh. I know? I, I could be just making shit up. Yeah. Which, most likely yeah, I am. probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> folks, for those of you that don't know our show... What we do is we watch the middle 20 minutes of a little-known TV show or movie. If it's foreign language, we take off the, we disconnect the dubbing or turn it off or whatever you want to call it. And then we watch the middle 20 minutes and try to figure out what's going on here. At the same time, we sample um, adult beverages, if you will. Uh-huh. We used to do local restaurants as well. And it's kind of like we're kind of to running out of local res- restaurants to like test. Yeah. So, so we decided we'll just go with the booze because there's a lot more of a, 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 um, a mix there with the booze, if you will, no pun intended. But um, today what we are doing, we are, well, in reference back to the food, if we find a nice restaurant, we'll tell you about it. We'll post it on Facebook or we'll tell you during the podcast or whatever. I mean, I, I know uh, we've posted a couple of things about the, um, oh crap, uh, Luca's down in Vagoda. That's a lovely restaurant. And then there was the Iron Forge Inn. If you want to... I know you haven't been. No. But if something special is coming up with, with Mrs., if you want to take her to the Iron Forge Inn. It's about an hour out. It's, it's uh, up in Warwick, New York. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I've been to Warwick. I've I've eaten in Warwick a couple of times actually. Really good places up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, this one's not in downtown Warwick. We we uh, had breakfast at a great little place in downtown Warwick, yeah. like the Wolf's Den or something like that. Mm. And the breakfast was phenomenal. Yeah. But this was a restaurant we went to later that night. It's off on one of the uh, 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 country roads because it's very uh, uh, yeah. rural up there. I had a smoked porter in Warwick. Ooh. First time I ever had a smoked beer. And? It was amazing. Okay. Very good. Well, if you go to the Iron Forge Inn, it is just out freaking standing. Yeah. They're fantastic. Anyway. So, yeah. So, we review uh, TV shows, movies, watch the middle 20 minutes, and we review adult beverages. Yeah. What we're getting to here, and those of you that follow us on Facebook might have seen it, a friend of mine was visiting Amsterdam and brought me back a six-pack of beers from a microbrewery in Amsterdam, which was amazing. And of course, I was like, well, you know what would be a good idea? I said to myself, I said, self, a good idea would be to sit down with the Quig and watch a Dutch show <coughs> and review the Dutch show uh-huh. and the Dutch beer. Yeah. Well, you're leaving me with microbrew craft beer alone for a couple of weeks. I have to say, I drank three of them. Yeah. I'm not proud of it, but I'm not ashamed of it either because they were freaking delicious. Yeah. But I ignored the other three beers in the fridge, which I have to say makes my self-control right above Yoda in, you know, Jedi Grandmaster level. Oh, yeah. that's. I would, I would think so. That's, yeah, that's very, that's a... Yeah, well done. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I don't feel people appreciate it enough because my wife just thinks I'm stupid. Yeah. It's like, well, you're not supposed to drink beer all the time. And I'm like, what, what? Uh-huh. You know, it's like she said you shouldn't breathe. I, I don't know what she's talking about. But at the same time, I, I appreciate that someone else has has um, appreciation of my sacrifice. Oh, yeah. No, I do. That's... So, so thank you, sir. Yeah. I, I, thank no you. So our beer we're having is from... Like I said, if you follow on Facebook, you've seen it before. It's, and I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly. I'm sure I'm butchering it. So to all of our Dutch fans, I apologize. It's Broverit E, I think. The spelling will be on all the like posts we put. And the beer is called Nata, and it's a Belgian double. It is 6.5% with 22 IBU. And so what we're going to do for this episode, since I only have one type of beer each, we're going to like take two beers that I have of the three I have left over, and we're going to like each have half the beer and just yeah. let you guys know what the grades are on those things. And then at the same time, what we're reviewing is a Dutch movie we saw on Netflix called Bon Bini Holland. And it got, at least on my review system, one and a half stars. So we're like, oh, we have to watch this oh, because, yeah. w- I mean, why wouldn't we watch it? So anyway, enough enough of that talk. I'm going to do a little chit-chat while I open up the beer and pour. Ooh. And you feel free to. Let, let's give the people the sound they all want to hear. Hold on. There we go. So what else is new, my friend? Ooh, Ooh look at that. Ooh, look at that. that. Don't well, so much for other chit chat. This, wow. the color of this beer, just really, just kind of, totally oh. took us by surprise. Look at that! Wow. I wasn't. Wow. This is a deep, deep amber. Yeah. This is really. Oh, it pours lovely. It's like butter beer. 
It's got a nice head on it that's kind of caramel colored. I, I always assume because of blondes, I always assume that, that they're going to be like light. Any of the kind of like. Well, it's, it's not a blonde, it's just a double. Is, yeah. It's just a double. But it's not clear, so it's a little bit hazy. It's like caramelly. But very caramelly looking. Shall we take a taste test and go for it? Cheers, Indeed. my friend. Cheers. All right. Or prost, as we say in Holland. We, whoever we are. Wow. That's nice. This is, well. A little bit on the sweet end. On the sweet spectrum. There's a chance uh -huh. that I can't taste it. Okay. You're a little <laughs> under the weather as well? Yeah, no, no, just because of I was drinking last night. Oh, that's right. You said so. You had a and little I've, bit of a... And I've got like... Outing. Drunk man's tongue. <laughs> it's like... Blah, blah, blah. It tastes like hair. Oh, great. <laughs> no, that's really weird. That's a weird. So I taste everything else today. But the beer is like... It's weird. It's funny. It's... um. So it must be subtle because, I mean, if it's strong... It is subtle. It. There's a little... There's a little caramelly hint there. It's a little bit on the sweeter end of beers. It's not particularly hoppy. But I mean, that's a bit of a standard for the um, yeah, I, I, Belgian I just, doubles. I missed, like, I can't really taste it, but I get when it, the, the back end of it, like, I can taste the, like, kind of the, the, you know, the feel of it. Right. To a certain degree. Well, this is, well, one, I'll say this much for it. It drinks very light. Yeah. Uh, I would not say this is a six and a half percent. From the color of it, I expected it to be fuller, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yes. more robust, a little bit heavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. Not that it's bad. No, 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 no. yeah. Um, the other three beers of theirs that I had were all, each one was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed them. This is, this is a nice, solid, solid beer. I would definitely get a six pack of this. Mm. It's very nice. I would read you the ingredients, mm -hmm. and this is going to be in Dutch, so bear with me, will you? Okay. Okay. En biologische dubbel met zachte, motige aromas en een rood bruine kleur. De donkere moten geven de natte en licht gebrande smaak, die mooi wordt afgemaakt door de zachte bittere hop. Ah. Does that clear things up for you? There's, I, there's a hop in there. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least one hop. <laughs> I would love for somebody, some Dutch speaker to just write into us and be like, what the fuck was that guy? I don't understand one word of it. But there you go. Because, uh, you know, it's bottled and brewed in Amsterdam, so why the hell would it be written in English? It wouldn't be. No. That's a nice beer. I enjoy I that one. So, yeah. There's still, there's two more. Like I said, we have a choice. There's an IPA and a, a wit beer. For the next one to sample. Okay. So, or if we're so inclined, we can sample both of them. Mm. Your choice. Dealer's choice. Anyway, so our yeah. TV show, or our movie, it wasn't a TV show. It was from 2015, I uh -huh. believe. Yeah. Hour and a half, or hour 27. Um, it's called Bonbini Holland. 
And it is, um, yeah, 2015, hour 27. So basically our middle 20 minutes are from roughly minute 34 to minute 54. Maybe Binny means like holiday in Dutch, like vacation. Good vacation, Holland, something like that. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We could look that up yeah. and figure out or not care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I was just thinking like, oh, maybe that's what that means. Maybe. So we start, like we said, we start at minute 34. And it started... Crap. Now I'm already forgetting where the minute 34 was it him on the beach with the girl? Uh, or was it him knocking on... No, it was him knocking on the door. No, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That was the first thing. So there's a guy, uh, 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 um, an African guy dressed in a nice suit. And he's a nice looking young man. Yeah. Completely smoothly shaved head. And he knocks on the door. And the door opens up. And there's a girl there. And pretty girl. And what we figure out later on is she's supposed to be a mixed race child. We think. Or I think. Yeah. Sean is like out on the jury. My guess is that they were trying to make her a mixed race child. Because he was coming to the house, which we later figure out, of another rich old uh, African man. Yeah. Dutch African, obviously. Um, that we're assuming he met because they kept on talking about the island of Curaçao. If she's if she's mixed race, she is like, she is the sort of weird, shape shifting person that like Louis C.K. is. He's Mexican. That's that's not very weird. <laughs> actually. If you go to Mexico City, there are lots of like blonde, blue eyed white people there. Very strange to me. Well, but that's because your impression is that everyone's like an Indian. That's because you're, you know, yeah. voting for Trump and whatever else you're doing. I don't know what the yeah. hell you're doing. I haven't once seen him with a sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what's her face? Halsey, who hosted Saturday Night Live a few weeks ago. Yeah. She's, she's mixed race. She's half black and half Italian. This what what I find even more fascinating are the people that you assume are mixed race and then are not. Are it's not interesting, right? Like one a recent one I found out about that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Okay, she's English, and I always assumed that she was mixed race. Rita Ora. No, she's Albanian. Yeah, she's Albanian. I always assumed she was mixed race because she's <laughs> like because she's all about trying to make herself look like she's like you know Beyonce man too. <coughs> She no, she's Albanian, and then Albanian. Sh- I looked up, and they're like her family. They're just all like Albanian. Like she's the only one who kind of uh, looks vaguely like that. Everyone else, she's just, just got darker skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to weird. me, see, I didn't think anything of it. Re- yeah. Actually, when I first heard and saw Rita Ora, yeah, I thought she was Latina. Actually, mm. but that's because you know we've been in the U.S. for that long or whatever. And then I was like, oh, she's Albanian. I was like, okay, I didn't bat an eyelid over it. Because well, Kim Kardashian's kind of the same, same sort of thing. Well, I mean, the this this um, ideal in the U.S. that white people are all basically look should look like they're from Sweden or whatever yeah, is yeah. just a joke, really. Yeah. Um, and I've probably said this before on the show, or maybe I haven't. I have two cousins. Uh, uh, my mom's older sister, next one up for my mom, her two sons, Robert and Bruno. Um, Bruno looks like a Viking. Yeah. He's the younger one. He's about six foot two, as wide as a freaking garage door in the shoulders, and just, you know, everything you expect, like the Aryan 
ideal to look like. His older brother, Robert, is about five foot eight, looks like he has a year-round tan with black curly hair. Yeah. He looks like he stepped off the Dominican Republic like yesterday. Yeah. And that's actually not uncommon throughout the Balkans. Huh. Where you'll see, like my dad, if you saw pictures of my, my father when he was a little boy, you were like, oh, who is that little Latin American child? You know, yeah, yeah, because, yeah. because he was like black hair, black eyes, you know, everything. And, and then, of course, as a little kid, you're running out in the sun all the time. Yeah. And even, and even when, when my parents moved here and my dad worked, my dad worked in Harlem and he was never, ever bothered because everyone just assumed he was Cuban. Yeah. You know. And, and But that's more common than you realize, especially throughout the Mediterranean. Uh-huh. And you'll get uh, situations like that where, you, where, you, where you'll get siblings that are very swarthy. Uh-huh. And, and then the other sibling is very pale and very Germanic looking or whatever. And it's especially like my, mo- <laughs> my mom's family in particular is, is a, good, a great example of that. Because my grandfather on my mom's side was blonde, blue eyes. Yeah. And my grandmother looked like a gypsy woman, like literally. Yeah. And um, they split down the middle. Yeah. How they looked. So half, like my aunts and uncles were blonde with blue eyes. Half my aunts and uncles all with dark brown hair and dark features. And it's just, that's just literally down, down the mix. That's how it like turned out. So like to me, it was always like never a big deal when I came here to the States, especially in college. And all the guys would always be like, oh my God, she's blonde, she's blonde. Which to me meant nothing. This yeah. whole fascination with being blonde and being a blonde, because I was a platinum blonde as a little boy up until I was three. Yeah, you know, and my mom's a blonde, and half my family's blonde. So I'm just like, well, I, yeah, whatever. You know, it, it means, you know, it's not bucket leather seats like it is to yeah. like a lot of people. <laughs> you know, but that's just what it is. So, so yeah, when I, I first read or like I said, culturally, because I've been in the U.S. for so time for so long I just assumed she was Latina and then I was like oh she's Albanian oh okay yeah I mean Dua Lipa is Albanian too and so is the other one um, but she's American Bebe Resha or however she pronounces yeah, her yeah, name yeah, I didn't mean, yeah. she's also Albanian so they found out like oh, oh wait a minute they have these white women with soulful voices yeah they're all over the place you just are not looking for them it's kind of like it, it's it, which in my mind and this is I mean this is just a nothing connection it's just stupid it's a Celtic connection, if you ask me. Because Albanians were like some of the native Europeans. Yeah. Like the Slavs, the Germans, whatever. They all moved in. The Albanians are descended from the Illyrians, yeah. who were there before the Greeks and the Romans. You know, so they were the original Celtic tribes, kind of yeah. like the Basque up in Spain and whatever. So, you know, the fact that they can sing soulfully, I'm not surprised at all. Mariah Carey is an interesting one. That was a Mariah Carey when I was looking, I was going into the research, and then I had no idea that Mariah Carey is mixed race. Yes, she She's is. half black. I had no idea. Really? Yeah. I had no her, idea. Her, and in fact, her father is, I believe, Venezuelan black. Oh. I, if I'm, I could be wrong on that, so don't apparently quote it, me. It was, I, I was reading the thing in an interview, but it messed up. I mean, she's poor. Poor woman, like she's been messed up, messed up a lot. I think over the years, she got into the music business at a very bad time. But one of the reasons, I guess, I had no knowledge of her being mixed race is because when she got in initially, they were like, "Oh, like you got the voice of a black girl, but like you totally pass for one hundred percent white. Like that's what we're marketing as. Right? Like, that's what makes money. So like any ethnic stuff, we are removing entirely." And her first manager apparently said to her. That one side of her face, I've got one side of her, she looked ethnic. 
No, like one, like left or one of them, she looks more ethnic on one side than the other. And from then on to this day, she doesn't let people film her from, from that the side. Like, to, to me, to me, it's so bizarre because to me, at least being in the U.S. when she came out, because I remember when she came out mm. and I would, like fell in love with her instantly because one, she was gorgeous, and two, she yeah. sang like a freaking bird, you yeah. know. Um, if anything, to me, she was always marketed as an R and B singer. Yeah. Well, no, I remember that, but it just, I always thought it just. White R and B singer, like yeah, that's always yeah. That was her shtick. Oh no 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 no. Oh. She wasn't no Lisa Ronstadt. Oh. Lisa Ronstadt, if well, not uh, no, no 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 no. It wasn't Ronstadt. What was her name? I'm thinking Linda Ronstadt, and I'm stupidly saying the wrong name. Lisa Stansfield. Oh, okay, yeah. Lisa Stansfield. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. she she would like first when you heard the song. It was on all the R&B stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, who's this girl? And then I saw the picture. I was like, what? You know, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, this is this British girl. Like, what? Like, what's his face? Um, and I famously remember uh, Rick Astley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Astley was coming on and nobody, I don't think anyone had seen him yet, picture-wise. Yeah. <laughs> and his song was on all the R&B stations in the US. Yeah. And he came on on Arsenio. Yeah. And Sinbad was like Arsenio's guest. Yeah. And he said... Did you see Rick Astley? And Arsenio was kind of laughing. Well, well, yeah, we invited him on the show. He's like, that is the most unsoulful brother I have ever seen. <laughs> unsoulful looking brother I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I was like, what is he talking about? And then you see this pasty white dude with the flaming red hair once on stage. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> so that was, that, there was a lot of that going on because, you know, the internet wasn't a thing. So yeah. like your first connection to somebody was always on radio. And everybody was like, oh, this is great. This is great. And then, huh? Who? Who is this guy? What? That's what this person looks like? Kind of. So it was always, it was, you know what it was? For decades, we've played the masked singer on radio. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Until yeah. they showed up on a TV show. Or you saw an album jacket cover or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, back to Bon Benny Holland. Once again, we go on tangent. So, yeah, so she's pro- maybe mixed race. Who knows? Mixed race. I, I, it's alluded that she's the daughter of the guy. Yeah, it is. But I mean, we, we get into we get into this situation a lot in this show, uh-huh. where we sort of we go down a path where we almost start to criticize the medium, uh, thinking like, well, it's not very clear, and then I have to keep telling myself. Yeah, we did start it right in the middle, so... This, this is true. This, it's kind of our stick. Yeah, they really did make it very clear. <laughs> and it was also in the wrong language. <laughs> it's kind of our stick. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, We have to come back to exploring our yeah. stick, which is, why are you guys doing it's this? It's probably fairly clear. It's, it's very clear. how it was meant to be consumed. <laughs> yes, yes. And on top of that, we're drinking beer to make yeah. things clearer. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot left and right from the get-go. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, young young black man, young Dutch African man knocking on a door of a fancy house. Door opens up. It's the girl. Very pretty. And her name was... I I, I seem to catch that her name was Novella. Uh, I I don't remember catching it. Anyway. But I think her name was Novella. And I was like, well, that... She's a short story? I... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's supposed to be a shtick for the movie. She's a novella. I, anyway. And her sister's called Pamphlet. <laughs> that would have to be her baby sister. <laughs> so anyway. So um, 
So she opens up the door and she recognizes, and they obviously have met each other somewhere before. And the guy says Curacao, so they've obviously met on the island, yeah. uh, in 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 uh, um, the Caribbean. And and they speak Dutch in the Caribbean, apparently. Aruba, yeah. Oh, lots of Dutch colonies there. Oh, of course. yeah, of course. Saint Martin, um, Curacao, Aruba. I forget that. Yeah, there's the whole Dutch West Indies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about geography before and education and that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> like, like any good imperialistic like Brit, I was just like, did did we own that? Did, did we, we own that? Did we own oh, that? I thought we owned all of that. Oh, all of that. All of those little rocks. Who is the Dutch part? Is oh yes, we forgot the Dutch. In fact, the Danes used to own a part of the Caribbean. Oh, did they? You didn't know that? No, I didn't. And and to this day, they kick themselves for it. Did they own a good part? Or? <laughs> the U.S. Virgin Islands. Oh. They sold the U.S. Virgin oh. Islands to the U.S. Huh. And kind of kicked themselves out of having a nice little Caribbean retreat. Yeah, that's weird. And at the time, they I guess... Well, I mean, when you think about it, it's a small country like Denmark. There's only so many funds. Yeah. They can't keep flying out to the freaking Caribbean every time a goddamn hurricane comes through, which is every Tuesday in the summer, yeah. you know. So they're just like, oh, we can't support these people. We They need, like, a better home. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like, oh, here you go. Why don't you guys go to the U.S.? Yeah. Because I think when they sold it, it was still, like, the 19th century or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the early 20th. So, you know... The fastest way to get from Denmark was by ship, which would probably take three months before help would arrive. Yeah. You know, whereas the U.S. Virgin Islands, you know, by, by sh- even back then, by ship, probably not more than a couple of weeks before you get out there, uh-huh. depending on where you're leaving from. If you're leaving from Sar- Charleston, South Carolina, or somewhere in Florida, you'll probably get there pretty quick. Yeah. So. So anyway, so he's talking to the girl. They obviously recognize each other, and he's um, enamored with her, obviously. The show. She's very good looking. Both her and the guy <coughs> playing her, like fiance or whatever, in, are both very good looking people. I'm surprised I haven't seen them in, you know, in uh, English speaking. Oh, holy no, they, ha- they have been, but, you know, nothing nothing they, big or brave. They both look like they could be in Hollywood, you know. Well, I, I said, well, let me, let me get to the table yeah. first. So um, then the door opens wider, and what you assume is the mother opens up the door. And she's right away, it's the horny mom trope. Yeah, yeah. She sees a young man and she wants every part of him. Uh-huh. And so she like pulls him up and she's like, oh, and, and she kind of, oh, that's what it was. He gives his hand to her to shake her hand to meet her. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, mo- the mother tells the daughter to go tell the, look after the guests. Yeah. The mother takes the hand of the uh, uh, young man that's at the door and starts like, putting it on her boob and he kind of like pulls it away. He's very uncomfortable right away. Cause like I said, it's that stereotypical, you know, man eater, horny old woman. And I'll say this much, the woman they had, she was good looking woman yeah. put together, looks fantastic, dressed to a T the whole night. A la what's her face in, um, wedding crashers. That's who, who like totally like came to mind when I saw that scene. Um, Jane, uh, no, no is it Jane? From Live and Let Die, the James Bond movie. Oh. Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Like, just like still incredible looking, yeah. like amazing, easily in her mid to late 50s. Yeah, yeah. But like, in a heartbeat, you'd go out on a date with this woman because it's like, wow, she is 
put together. And this is how this woman looks. She had a touch of the kind of young Bridget Nielsen to her, sort of a little bit, I felt. She, but better looking, I thought, than oh, yeah, Bridget no, Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that short... The like, short blonde short hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, no. She was... And, and, and this is... Even when they're like... This is what I feel bad for always. And, and being an actor and seeing things like this. I always feel bad for when you have an actor that does a role really, really well. And then the final product is just shit. Yeah. You know? And to me, it's like, okay, this was her role. Uh-huh. She had to play the horny, like, mom, stepmom, whatever she is. She played it to perfection. Yeah. She's just lovely. And I'm just like... And it's going to get overlooked because it's a stereotypical trope. She's... But she, it's not easy, you know? Everyone says it. They say comedy is the hardest thing, and it is. It is. It is. But she was... You know, she was pitch perfect. She, she was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. She was, she, she was just... It was like... There was no ambiguity into us thinking who she was character-wise yeah. and what she was doing. Yeah. And she delivered it with perfect comic timing. Yeah. She, there was no, you know, there was such confidence. Like she was, the confidence she was exuding on screen was just ridiculous. Yeah. She was just like, dude, don't worry about it. I can bang everyone on this block. It doesn't matter. It's like an old Benny Hill sketch. It was very, very British comedy of like the 60s. Yes. Carry on films. Yes. Kind of feel. It was almost like, well, what's the famous one that my wife likes, loves to watch the reruns of um, Are You Being Served? No, yeah. no, no, not Are You Being Served. Uh, um, Keeping Up Appearances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping yeah. Up Appearances. And there's one of the characters, is it the major or the colonel or something? Yeah. And he's always trying to get into uh, uh, um, uh, Hyacinth's pants. Yeah. And like she goes to look at his like flowers and he's like groping and she's like, Oh, and beating him <laughs> up. And it's kind of like, it was just the reverse of that. And yeah, it, yeah. it would, like you said, it, the, the comedic timing, all of it was, just, she just did wonderfully. Yeah. She was like, right off the bat, I was fully engaged with this woman. I was like, she's fantastic, whoever she is. Um, so you go in and you see it's a big dinner party. And you see it's the older uh, uh, Dutch African man at the head of the table eating. They're serving stuff. And they show our young man who came knocking at the door. He's pecking at his food and he doesn't know what to do with it. And it's some fancy looking, I don't know if it was a piece of sushi. It was, I think it was steak tartare. Steak tartare it was, yeah. yes. With the little robin's egg yeah, next yeah. to it that was unopened. Yeah. I guess he was supposed to crack it open on that. And he, of course, just came from the Caribbean. And he's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, yeah. why are you giving me raw food? It was yeah. like, we're all going to die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so... <laughs> so he doesn't know what to do with that, and so and he's chatting to the girl because she's sitting across from him. Now the woman that's a very the, white person thing to do eat like raw meat. You say that like, it does seem like a very. <laughs> well, you you know what it is? It's well, it's one of these things. It's like why is there's a reason why spicy food really originates in all the hot parts of the world, right? Yeah, it's because <clears throat> there was no refrigeration. And if the meat went a little bit of bad, you could still eat it as long as it hasn't been for days. Yeah. But you don't want to eat it if it smells like ass. Yeah. So what do you do? You cover it up in spices. This way you don't taste anything that's off. And you don't smell anything that's off. Yeah. And you eat it. And it's not a... It, but that's just the thing. Or, or you cook the shit out of it and you eat it and it's like rubbery and, 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 and you know tough and all this other stuff. I mean... Uh, in a lot of European cultures, everything's boiled to death. Mm-hmm. Because you want to make sure you kill everything. So, and it's just like, oh, God, you know, boiled beef. Like, my parents still, like, occasionally love boiled beef. Yeah. And the way they would eat it is 
you boil the beef, you have some soft-boiled potatoes, and you throw on a bunch of horseradish so it burns the roof of your mouth. Because, of course, the meat is flavorless because it's been boiled to death. You know, put some salt and pepper on it and some horseradish, eat it with some boiled potatoes. My dad always jokes about how you grow up eating boiled bacon cabbage, boiled bacon cabbage potatoes, and then cabbage water. That they would boil the crap out of all the cabbage yep. until the cabbage didn't taste of anything. Right. And then the water that it was sitting in, they would serve them to drink. Yep. Get taste of cabbage. It's this day he doesn't understand why you can't just eat a cabbage. He's like, I'm eating cabbage that has no taste, and yep. then drinking the water that has all the taste of the cabbage. I'm like, how about you just eat a cabbage and what? drink some water? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, why why, why is the water burning energy? Up with, they're like, oh, yeah, but this is cabbage water and cabbage. <laughs> like, but. What? What? <laughs> right. So, so, the, so the next course comes out, and they're serving snails, and they have the little uh, 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 snail tool, whatever it is, called a snail scissors or a snail clippers or whatever you call them. I don't know because I don't eat snails, so I wouldn't know. And the the mother is next to the guy, and while he's chatting, she first the first thing she does is squeeze his knee, yeah. and he goes ah, and of course. He spills something on her shirt. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And of course, because this is supposed to be hoity-toity, everybody here has a lot of money, everyone just ignores it politely and just yeah. keeps eating. That's, that's the thing that I think most people miss, that this is what your behavior is supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's not supposed to stop and go, oh my God. Yeah. Everyone's just supposed to keep eating while they quietly yeah. take care of things. So the young man grabs a napkin, he's like, I'm sorry, and he's just wiping stuff off her shirt that's on her boob but she grabs his hand and she's just like slapping his hand on her boob and she's like oh oh like getting horny at the table which is great it was really hilarious again kudos to the actress whoever she is she did a fabulous job there so and he's freaking out so he pulls his hand away and he starts talking to the girl across the way again and he's like he doesn't know what to do with these snails or whatever and the guy sitting next to her Puts his arm around her and he's like, oh, hell. And because it's Dutch and we've said it, it's similar enough to English that a few words come through and you're like, oh, okay. Like I can see how and why the Dutch and the English were allies, you know, in the 1500s and the 1600s, that kind of stuff. And not only that, I mean, I guess, were they, because I know Richard III had who's the one with all the wives? It was Richard the Third, right? Uh, Henry the Eighth. Oh no, 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 Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth. Sorry, yes. Um, they owned a bunch of land on the European mainland. Mm-hmm. Was it Calais and? I don't know. Yeah, no, but it wasn't. No, no, no. The Dutch was under the um, Ro- Holy Roman Emperor under Charles V. So never mind. Yeah, well, uh, William was, of Orange. William of Orange. That was a. William of Orange. William of Orange was a Dutch king. He was King England. William of Orange. Yeah. No, no, no. I was, I was, I was, I was thinking that the English owned uh, Holland for a while, but they didn't. They owned Calais. Never mind. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's similar enough that you could pick out a few words. So this guy sits next to her, and what you William, see, William the Third. William the Third was called William of Orange. He was of England. He was a king of England. He's Dutch. Oh. He was, he was from Holland. So we. We have Dutch. Oh, so oh okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dutch. Because they're all cousins and, yeah, the European, especially Western Europe and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he puts his arm around our pretty girl, Novella. And he's like, oh, and you hear kind of fiancé in there. Like, 
It's like, oh, okay, that's her fiance. And I, I mentioned it to Sean at the time. I was like, oh, he kind of reminds me of a cleaned up Norman Reedus. Yeah. He, he kind of looked like that. So good looking guy. And he's obviously not liking that this dude is flirting with his woman. Yeah. So. And of course then the uh, uh, <laughs> mother puts her hand on the dude's crotch. And he spits out water all over the other woman next to him. And then he keeps on trying to chat. Somehow um, the snails get spilled on the ground. Oh, he tries to look sophisticated. So he pops the whole snail in his mouth, shell included, yeah. and crunches it. And is just like chewing on it until he swallows it before he can eat. Yeah. So all very funny, very sticky. Um, and then he ends up on the floor with the girl under the table, I guess, picking up all the snails that somehow got knocked over. And then they come up top, and they're chatting some more. And the father at the table is talking a little bit. They're paying some attention to him. And then the mom, like, really just goes for the package. like, yeah. And he just jumps out of his skin, jumps out of his chair. There's a waitress behind them. He knocks her food over. He's just a disaster. Yeah. Okay. From there, it cuts to the next scene. And our young man, our hero, and I don't know, it, it, I never caught his name. The the hero yeah his name is 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 Rupert oh Robert that's right he Rupert, said it. Rupert, 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 Rupert 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 yeah Rupert and I remember this next scene they had a really funny shot the way they changed it it went straight from her grabbing his wang his his wang and him going oh to then the <laughs> right. next shot is them in the drawing room smoking yes the first shot is of this big cigar <laughs> right like and this hand holding the cigar <laughs> and it looks exactly like they've just gone hey, hey. <laughs> right right, like, right yeah. this is what his face looks like it <laughs> <laughs> right. looks like a cigar <laughs> exactly yeah. that's right that's the next shot and our younger hero Robert Rupert <laughs> is is talking to the old man and uh, Dutch Norman Reedus and what you find out is that Dutch Norman Reedus is the old man's partner yeah he's like oh and then he talks about Rupert talks about I guess the old man has him over because they're talking about some investing in Curaçao mm. and as they're talking what you realize is that um, he has some kind of plan ready for the old man and he says, great, you have the presentation ready for, or more or less, something like that. Then it cuts to, Rupert is in his room, wherever he's staying, in Holland. And he's got a bunch of pictures of, like, vacation homes that he's cutting up and trying to paste. But meanwhile, in the background somewhere, you hear people having sex. Yeah. He has his room door open. And, I mean, it's loud, and it's banging, and he's like, oh... And the mm -hmm. way he said it, it was actually funny. It was almost... I'm trying to remember what the phrase was. I can't wait, I don't know whack here. Or something, something weird, but it was very clearly like, I can't even work here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like rips up some paper and stuffs it in his ears and pulls his shirt over his head and slams the door. But the banging in the next room is even louder and it's going nuts. And you see him, he's like just putting gobs of glue and trying to glue this like... Uh, 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 pictures of these vacation homes and he's making up this like I guess vacation condos like what to invest in yeah and what you realize there is like oh or at least in this is like oh he's a scam artist and he's trying to scam this dude out of money uh huh and uh, he's trying to put shit together and then he takes a break he's like ah oh. so he walks out into the living room out of his room 
And he turns, and you see a woman, quote-unquote. And it's basically him. It's the same actor. And they made it look like the woman, quote-unquote, he as the woman, had huge jugs. But the shot is naked, like completely topless. But the, sh- the refrigerator door kind of cuts just under the shoulder. Yeah, so yeah. you could just about see where the boobs would separate. Yeah. But there's nothing there. Tons of makeup on. And whoever this woman is, cousin, sister, whoever she's supposed to be, quote unquote, yeah. it's really our hero in drag, has got this Tammy Faye Baker makeup on, like eyeliner, <coughs> blue enough that like a bird might land on it thinking it's a puddle or, yeah. or, or a, a pond or something. Big long ass nails that you can't possibly <laughs> do anything with. Yeah. Um, and she's drinking milk straight out of a jug, and just pouring, and just pouring it on her face, on her chest, everywhere. And he walks out uh, trying to get a glass of water, and just drops a glass of water because he's just horrified at what he's seeing. So yeah. it's very, it's like I said, very cliche, very formulaic, very silly, but still fun and funny for what it is. There, I, I'm sure. If we and then spoke- she starts eating chicken. That's she's right. Then like, she's like eating chicken oh, and wow. drinking milk, which <laughs> th- this a midnight is snack. I, 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 chicken and milk. This, but this is one of those things. My brother's ex-wife used to drink milk with everything, yeah. and I, to me, like milk was like. And I haven't drunk milk like regular milk. Yeah, it must be like twenty years. So. Like I've oh, had wow. almond milk or something. Like cereal might have been the last time I had regular milk, but to uh-huh. just drink a glass of milk, it must have yeah, been yeah. like twenty years or more. Huh. You know, uh, like I said, if I have cereal now, I do almond milk. Yeah. Because, you know, it's one of those things, uh, what is it, 75 or 8 or 90% of adults worldwide are lactose intolerant. Yeah. With, with the exception of, of like Scandinavians because they evolved with a heavy di- a dairy diet kind of stuff. It basically doesn't even know good. You know, it's so. And, no, it's for kids. Calci- the calcium is that weird thing where. <coughs> I heard someone talking about this. They're like, calcium is this strange thing where, like, you literally, you cap out on calcium. Like, you can't... Right, over, you can't absorb it. Your, your body only absorbs a certain amount of calcium. Right. So, for years, everyone was like, oh, it's loaded with calcium, calcium, calcium. And then they only recently discovered that, like, you only need to take, like, a tiny amount of calcium. You can take a pill if you think you're right. not getting it elsewhere. Yeah. And then any extra is just right. completely the waste. It's yeah. not doing anything. You know what? The amount of calcium you need is probably in a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. Because the quote-unquote yeah. cheese that they put in grilled cheese sandwich is fortified with freaking calcium and vitamin A and D anyway. Yeah. You know, if it's the Kraft Singles or whatever all the crap is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I haven't had, like, I'll have almond milk with, with that. But, like I was saying, my sister-in-law used to drink milk with everything. Now, granted, she was young at the time, too, early 20s. But her one of her favorite snacks was um, McDonald's fish fillet sandwich. And then she would drink a glass of milk with it. I can't think of anything worse. I can't think of a worse combo. But she would come up with them. Because then she'd get pizza. She would drink milk with pizza. And I'd be like, what are you doing? She's like, what? There's cheese on it. That's from milk. I'm like, yeah, but it's also tomato. What? And and I remember, and, and you know, my brother's older than me. So his fiance was older than me. I was horrified. I was like. What are you? Why are you eating like this? <laughs> I milk with everything. Like she'd literally eat clams and drink milk. Ugh, that's not right. No, it's not right. So she would fried chicken. Cows are not supposed to go anywhere near the sea. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
it, it, it was to me it was like the most bizarre thing but like you said she's the uh, this uh, the quote unquote sister cousin whatever she is she's drinking milk pouring it all over herself and eating fried chicken which was just like, what? What's going on here? We we don't understand the significance of this because she's doing it in slow motion. I hope he, he didn't have to film that a lot. I hope that was like a couple of takes at most because that would have been really difficult to keep going because he was really eating that chicken. He was really glugging that milk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so, and of course, like I said, we see he's horrified. He Robert is horrified. Drops the glass and breaks. And then the boyfriend comes out of the room and basically tells her, hey, come on, baby, I miss you. Come back and get some more, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Then the next scene is um, they're doing the presentation, right? Uh-huh. Ooh, you know what? Before we do the presentation, I'm going to get us the beer. Okay. All right. Through, through the magic of modern technology, I have our... Um, Broverit E, Evit, it's called. Evit. Evit. I J W I T. And this is a uh, wit beer. And you know what? I'm going to have to look up to see what the IBUs are. But it's uh, also 6.5% alcohol by volume. Okay. So, let's give it a pour. Ooh, we got some glug lugs. Oh, see, this is a. Oh. There you go. There you go, my friend. Different looking beer. That's a different looking beer. Very light. This one almost looks like an American. Yeah, mass-produced like beer. Bud Light. It does. It's that kind of coloration. Yeah, you can tell. It looks like those uh, those bottles, uh, those water bottles on the side of the road that you see. <laughs> the what on the side of the road? Those, you know, the water bottles you see on the side of the road. <laughs> oh. That people throw out the car. Yes, the water bottles. Yeah. I get it. Got it. <laughs> I'm a little thick. All right, let's. Um, all right, let's taste the uh, Evit, shall we? It doesn't smell like Bud Light because it smells of something. I was gonna say it smells like beer. <laughs> it doesn't smell like somebody pissed in a bottle <laughs> and gave it to you. All right, let's go for it. Well, that's a little bit surprising, too. That's a little bit... I generally... Well, no, I've had I've had plenty of wit beers before. This one is... This is definitely... Well, this is a troubled beer. I'll say this. Because this beer tastes so light... Yeah. That in the summertime, at a barbecue, as is our yeah, standard, yeah, yeah. like, if you... If you were at a barbecue, would you drink this beer? Yeah. A, yes, I would drink it. And B, I would drink a lot of it because I would think it was a 4% beer. Yeah. And then I'd be four beers in and go, blue, 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 and have to sit down for a good hour with some coffee before I even thought about getting back into a car. Uh-huh. This is, a, I mean, for what it is, this is a nice beer. Yeah. And, and oddly enough, it, it's almost like... It, it's almost it, it tastes almost like a lager not like a wit beer no it, it doesn't taste anything like a wit beer to me it tastes like lager yeah I mean it's, it's got a certain cloudiness to it mm-hmm. but it doesn't yeah I mean it's kind of fairly carbonated tasty it's really like 
It's very, very nice. Yeah, it would actually would go really, really well with the barbecue just because it wouldn't mess with any flavors. You know, you could eat whatever without it. Right. This would be a complete palate cleanser. Yeah. yeah like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go for the ribs now. Go, let me have some of this. Yeah. I'm going to go for the wings now. Let me go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a nice beer, though. Yeah. And this is, so they say, I'm assuming this is saying unfiltered because yeah. it's, it's cloudy. It says, ongefiltert. Witbier. And I will give you the description again in, in Dutch, if oh. you don't mind, since we're so Dutch-centric today. Yes. Ready? In stevig witbier dat gewaarlijk glekker doordrinkt. Ewit is gebroven met tarvemout en een beetje citroen en korianderzaad, waardoor het licht trubbel is en heerlijk fris van smaak. Oh. That's a van smack at the end there. Yeah. So I will tell you this one. It's with with citrus and coriander. Because huh. I'm guessing citroen is citrus. Yeah. And coriander-zad. Uh-huh. Coriander. Something. It's nice. Yeah. I just, hey. This brewery, if I ever find my way down Amsterdam way, I am definitely going in there and just having whatever their sampler flight is or two. This is good stuff. Yeah. I, I had the heavy ones. Like I said, I couldn't resist. They were like some like 12% and 9% ones. <laughs> and I uh, binge watched the end of Daredevil while drinking those. I watched like four episodes in a row while drinking five <laughs> episodes. Um, yeah, th- th- their beer is really, really nice. It's a good beer. This is a, re- yeah, this is a really good beer. This is a nice bath beer. One of my guilty pleasures, I like to have baths and drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how woman of you! <laughs> I like a nice relaxing bath. I am- <laughs> Dude, if, if there's ever a live action version of Futurama, you, you have to be... Hedonism by. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, I'll, I'll quote, I'll quote, uh, what's his face, Jim Gaffigan. Like, How much fucking time do you have on your hands that you can just sit around in your own filth for hours. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to sit in my filth for a couple of hours and then take a shower to watch all that filth yeah. off. <laughs> it's a great way to create time for yourself. I think that's one of the reasons I like baths. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Yeah. Hmm. That's a nice beer. <laughs> I'm trying to get that mental image out of my head. Sean in a bath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the presentation. So he's doing the presentation in his office, and he's with his buddy. And in are the, the, the older black gentleman, the Dutch African man. Do you watch this? Is, sorry, uh, tangent. Do you watch Rick and Morty, by the way? I haven't, and oh. I figure I should. Oh, you love it. Because everybody talks you about it. You love it. You yeah. love Because the thing that makes it different, not only is it incredibly clever mm-hmm. really funny like the funniest cartoon 
probably since Futurama. Like, mm-hmm. really, really good. Uh-huh. But the science is solid. Like, there's actual, like... Yeah, yeah, The whole yeah. the science is based on is, like, actually kind of... Right, right. Right. There. That's, science nerds love it. Right, like, right. Real scientists love Rick and Morty because they're, like... Yeah. There's no reason why they need to, like... It's like they take like theories that have base in reality and then you know make a whole episode based on that and it seems crazy and ridiculous. Right, 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 right. But it's oh, it's so good. Oh, you'd love Rick and Morty. Is it on Netflix? It's on Hulu. Oh, in that case, I can check it out. It's really brilliant. Yeah, yeah. and it's so easy to binge. Very, very, very reminiscent of Futurama. It's you know, it's it's almost like we have such a gluttony of TV shows to watch, mm. and literally all the stuff that I want to watch and catch up on. I finally actually found some time. I have a DVR with tons of movies, like I said. Yeah. Uh, when I have free HBO, and I actually looked to see when it, I recorded it in twenty fucking fourteen. Yeah. It's been still on my DVR, and I was like, "Oh, I finally got to this movie uh-huh. from five freaking years ago, American Hustle." Oh yeah, I like that film. That's Brilliant film. Very good film. I I really really love one Amy Adams. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah, because, and I was reading up on her afterwards, and like, she's like the most powerful woman in Hollywood. I'm like, have you seen her act? I'm not surprised. Yeah, she's fantastic. Good movie. There's Sci- a, the science of them. <laughs> right, right. The science of them. That's right. She was, she was good in it. She won the Oscar for that. As well, she should have. She was fantastic. Um, what's his face? Christian uh, 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 Bale. Bale yeah. was very good. Yeah, in it. I like Jeremy Renner's yeah, character. Yeah. He did really well with that. Honestly, the weakest link of that entire ensemble, in my opinion, was Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, he was a little bit... Huh? Because, I mean, part of it, I don't think it's necessarily his fault. I think part of it was a character. Because mm. as a character, he was just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. Just sticking his nose in here and there and not really doing a good job of it. And I think... I think he was true to the character, but I think overall the performance was, eh. and like I, I don't think I don't think it was necessarily his fault. I think he was just doing the best he can for the character, and and, and but um, yeah, I thought it was a great movie. It was a movie I saw the other day on HBO as well. Actually, I missed the movie theaters, and I'm really, it's really it's, it's a real shame now. I've seen it that I missed it in the movie theaters. It would have been brilliant. Uh, Ready Player One. I heard only bad things oh, about that. I loved it. Really? I loved it. I mean, I love Spielberg. Right. But I loved it. It was amazing. Like it was supposed to be great, but it's a pop culture it, person. Like if you love like nerdy kind of pop culture and like, you know, all these old references, it is like the holy grail of everything. You know, all the references, the movie stuff, the Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so I loved it. I really loved it. I thought it was excellent. It flopped terribly. So it it, did. It, 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 I mean, and that's part of what colors opinions. Like I saw something with Captain Marvel and they were like, oh, the underwhelming Captain Marvel. And I started reading it and I said, you know what? Let me not read it. Let me just yeah. reserve judgment for myself. And still what happens is yeah. I don't get to see the movie. And then I have all this like because of the zeitgeist and everyone's like, oh yeah, no, it sucked. It's terrible. Yeah. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So it's one of the reasons I never saw it. But no, I, me, me too. I, but I loved it. In fact, I mean, the only... I love all Spielberg. The only Spielberg movie that I couldn't watch, couldn't get through, is uh, Lincoln. Uh, I just, I, I've tried three times to watch that film. Three hours. And I just keep turning it off. I get bored. Yeah. Because I don't care right. as well. I'm right. like, I don't care about this part of American history. It bores me. Because um, I also don't think it's true. I think there's a lot of... 
I think there's a Conjecture. lot of... Conjecture. Yeah. yeah. Lincoln's one of those characters that, like, his whole legacy is based on a convenient political stance, in my eyes. Like, you know, he's... If you read Howard Zim's People's History of the United States, very interesting book, very famous, like, historical book. They even make reference to it in... Um, uh, uh, what's the Matt Damon Ben Affleck uh, Good Will Hunting oh okay yeah, they, yeah. They, they make reference to that at one point but it, he, he um, they talk about that and about how Lincoln you know was very conveniently pro-slavery at the beginning of his political career and then it just came around that it, it was the political <clears throat> it was politically wise at the time for him to come down against that in order to provoke the civil war and there are a lot of very political, like there are letters that Lincoln wrote to people in different districts right. who were pro-slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically saying like, hey, look, I get it. You know, I don't really, you know, if I had in my way, I wouldn't. He even said, that was it. He wrote, it was an address where he said, if it was down to me, if there was a way for us to bring us all together without having to abolish slavery, I'd do it. However, I believe... The only way to really bring everyone together at this point right. is to take this stance. So it's this weird convenience thing where he's gone down as this hero. But but, like, but but I mean that's I I I I mean I would have to read more up on it to formulate my own opinion, like yay yeah. or nay. It's one of those things you're so far removed from it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I enjoy reading history books. I read the one called Four Princes, which was fantastic, and it's one of the reasons why I like particularly. Uh, um, celebrities I like to read their autobiographies yeah. like the Phil Collins one that I gave you yeah like I thought that was fascinating I John, like I still need to finish it. I got half John Leguizamo did one I thought was fascinating I read one by Sting thought it was fascinating you know uh, yeah. um, all that stuff um, and and it's kind of like with Reagan the greatest president and I'm just like do you guys remember what happened back then uh-huh. and you know if, if you just talk to people because you know this is not people that are outside of memory. Yeah. This is shit that happened when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, like I said, one of the things the Reagan administration did was, like, my buddy had a dairy farm, mm-hmm. an 80-acre dairy farm down in, in, in New Jersey. Yeah. And he said the government came to them and said, tell you what, we'll pay you more money than you make in a year to shut the farm down. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Why? Because as a thank you, as a political thank you for getting elected... They shifted all the farming to the Midwest and the South. Mm. Like I said, 90% of all lettuce grown in America is grown in Arizona. Yeah. Does that make any sense? You know what I mean? It's almost like, uh, let's grow. It's almost like if someone came to France and said, we'll give you more money than you make in wine in a year. Let's grow all of the grapevines in Siberia. What? What, why, Why would you do that? What is wrong with you? Like, it doesn't make any sense, you know. In a, like, so in a way, I guess, like, oh, it's so dry, there's no, you know, there's no chance of getting fungus on it. Yeah. Okay, but how much water do you have to use? It's like, <laughs> it's like golf courses in the desert. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But at the same time, and, and this is another one of those discussions that I could, I could go on for hours. Food is not meant to be grown like that, right? Like, just like people are not meant to be in such close proximity all the time. Like, we would... I, I always get when people go to concerts or like sports arenas. Uh-huh. Like I enjoy uh-huh. I enjoy the experience. I hate leaving. Yeah, I can't stand it because uh-huh. you're just in this crowd of people. It's like all it takes is for one 
person to just do something stupid. And it turns into this stampede and people dying. And, you know, it's like, no, no, no. Food is not supposed to be grown this way where all of one type of food is grown in one relatively little patch. Yeah. One of the reasons it worked was because you had all these farms all across the country. Uh-huh. And that's why I appreciate like the foodie movement and all that food network or whatever. And everybody wants more like, well, no, I want something that we know was grown. You know, because when you see those like industrial farming with the chickens like in cages on top of each other and just shitting on each other's heads, just waiting to die or lay eggs yeah. or whatever, that you know, it's awful. It's like, no, this is not how we're supposed to have food. It was in the news yesterday, actually, that they were trying to, UK for once in recent memory, standing up to the US because the US was trying to, uh, off the back of Brexit, mm. is trying to gain leverage. They're trying to get the UK to accept to come on board the same practices the US has as far as um, bleaching of like chickens and poultry that they do like over in the US. It's like a standard that chickens get bleached at the point of what that they're slaughtered and then they bleach them. Yeah. And then, so that it like, you know, because they say it's the safest way to ensure, and the UK, the, the food standards in Europe in general, but UK are oh, way high. They're way like, no, high. We're never, no. and they, they, they try to use it as a bargaining tool. They said, if post-Brexit, they're trying to scare the UK, they're saying, but well, we hold all the chips here. If you want to continue to trade with us, then you're going to have to accept the bleach tin because this is how we do it in the US. And if it's good enough for the US, it's good enough for the UK. And the UK turned around and said, no, fuck. And you know we're what? not being held to ransom. Our health, the future health of our children, is right. not being held no, to no, ransom. No. By and, your... and they're absolutely right to tell them to fuck off. Yeah, they're absolutely right. If if you've never done it, go on a trip to Canada. The minute you go over the border, the food tastes different. Yeah, literally. Even like in 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 the chain restaurants, it tastes different instantly. Like Budweiser is drinkable in Canada because they don't allow to, the the rice in there. Yeah, I can I can eat McDonald's in England. Can't do it here. No. Because it's terrible. Yeah. Because they allow so much shit that shouldn't be anywhere near. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. With the foodie revolution, it's coming back to these like little farms and whatever. That's what, how it's supposed to be. You know, some old town. So let's say, um, whatever, Hackensack, New Jersey, right? 65,000 people. There should probably be, I don't know, four or five farms around here. Yeah. You know, because it's it all came down to this idea that we're supposed to eat meat three times a day every day. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. When I was living in the former Yugoslavia, it was like meat was like once, twice a week. Yeah. At most, like my mother would take a pig's foot and stick it in a dish of like beans and barley yeah. or something like that to give it delicious flavor, I might add, you know. You know in England, traditionally Sunday roasts. That's what it was. Sunday roast. You have your, your meat, your roast is on the Sunday. You wait for the Sunday and you get your roast chicken or lamb or whatever they right. have that time. And Right. It, well, well, the thing was like in the 19th century in the US, people ate tons of meat because that's the misleading thing. They ate tons of meat. It's like, yeah, there weren't that many people. Yeah. One. Two, they ate tons of meat because there was still no refrigeration. So unless you pickled your vegetables and fruits, you weren't having any mm-hmm. in the winter. Not in New York tri-state area. Yeah. Anyway, you know. So I like the idea of going like there, there's this uh, Walden Farms or something. I don't know if you saw that, saw that where they have a co-op. And they go to a bunch of farms in New England, uh-huh. and you sign up almost as a club, uh-huh. and they'll deliver, you know, pasture raised, yeah. no antibiotics, all this like food, all this meat to you. Like, we, yeah, we exclusively buy now. We all we buy is organic. Yeah, yeah, food and meat. For, yes. we only have organic meat, free range. Yes, 
uh, grass fed. That's I mean, all we eat now, and it's way more expensive. But yeah, it, but that's what we did. It's, uh, yes, yeah. it's like listen, I can afford it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, it, it's one of those, and I understand for a lot of people they can't. It's like okay, try to do what you can when you can, because just eating the shit that they put together for you is just it's crazy. It makes such a big difference. It's like already, huge. I made burgers last week, and I put nothing in it. I it was the grass fed yep. beef. Yep. And I just I stuck it into a, the shape of a patty. Yep. And I just and I just put it on a you know a cast iron pan. Yep. And just made burgers. Yeah. I didn't and they didn't fall apart. No. Nope. I didn't have to put egg in or breadcrumbs or any no. crap. They, they, no. They, 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 if you look at recipes for burgers, they want you to put the stuff I, in. I, I, that always Nothing. kills me. It's just seasoning and beef. Yeah. And it stayed there and it was fine. Yeah. Because because that's how it should be. I <laughs> never I never put eggs in my yeah. burgers ever. It's like, why, why do I need... Because like, they need to bind together because it can't hold together because it's so full of water and crap. Right. It's like, no, no, no. Fat. Yeah, no. It's yeah. like I said, we could go on for hours about this nonsense. Anyway, so presentation's coming. So Rupert is doing a presentation for the older, uh, 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 older gentleman and he's doing it for Dutch Norman Reedus and he has a guy standing behind him and they're like, who's this guy? He's like, oh, that's my friend. His name is Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Coffee? He says, yes, Coffee Anan. <laughs> and we're like, really, dude? You couldn't? So he says, Coffee Anan? And the dude who's Coffee says, I'm his brother. It's like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? We're like, what? <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> then somebody says, and then Robert says, obviously, can I get you guys something? And they say, Coffee. And some guy walks in, and he's all kind of gangster, and he's like, "What can I? Can you get these guys some coffee?" And coffee says, "What?" Huh? <laughs> and they're basically doing, yeah. you know, Abbott and Costello, like, <laughs> "Who's on first? You know? And you're just like, "What?" <laughs> and Rupert is trying to like salvage the situation. He's like, "Ha ha ha ha! Go get some coffee." Kind of sends them off, yeah. and then they're doing the presentation. They're obviously trying to sell them this non-existent uh, um, vacation getaway called Bon Bini. Yeah, that's in Curaçao. And coffee is doing sound effects. It's 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 a projector presentation. It's not even like a PowerPoint. Yeah. It's a projector presentation. And coffee, for whatever reason, doing sound effects. And he does one first, and he's just like, ah! <laughs> and we're kind of like, what the fuck's going on? And he goes, ah! And then I hear uh, Rupert say, kind of like, Delphine. I'm like, oh, he's supposed to be a dolphin. Oh. So we crack up because Coffee's a dolphin. Um, and so the two guys and, and uh, the older man, he's like, this looks great. This is fantastic. He goes uh, home. Uh, and, and Dutch Norman Reedus walks out and uh, the older man shakes Rupert's hands and leaves. And Dutch Norman Reedus walks out and Rupert hands out his hand and he gives him basically like, don't fuck around with me. I know something's funky with you. Blah, blah, blah. Basically, puts them on edge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's done. So, it goes now. The next shot is Dutch Norman Reedus with Novella having dinner. Uh-huh. And he's carrying on about the business, the business. And actually, earlier at the dinner party where, where Rupert was getting his, like, wang, like, massage, like he was hanging out with Robert Kraft. Um... <laughs> um was saying something about uh, um, like a better deal in Hong Kong, except he called it Hong Kong, which was like, wow, okay. Um, so what we gathered from it this far, at least, and was, at one point I heard Dutch Norman Reedus 
uh, said Hong Kong in like a racist like voice. This is funny. At one point, he, caught it, he went like Hong Kong. Oh, did he? I was like, I was like, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. Here, a Dutch guy do kind of like a racist Asian <laughs> voice, yeah. like Hong Kong. <laughs> so, so um, he's having dinner with Novella, and he's just carrying on about the business. And this is where we kind of catch that. He's not on board with this Bon Vini investment. Yeah. He would rather that they invest in something in Hong Kong. Yeah. She's bored stiff and literally just like downs an entire glass of white wine. Yeah. Like chugs it. Yeah. And he says something else again and she basically tells him like, you're fucking boring me, whatever it is she says. Yeah. She gets out at a fancy restaurant, she gets up and leaves and goes away. Uh, then we see Rupert is knocking on the doors of the house of the older... Let's just call him Dad for now. On Dad's house, the older uh, Dutch African man who's who's the main investor, and he obviously likes Ruben because he was also from Curaçao, but he made a good living for himself, living in Holland. Blah blah yeah. blah. Uh, it, it's very obvious that he's attached to the to Ruben because of nostalgia yeah. and nothing else. And um, so Ruben says, "Oh, is Novella oh, home?" Before this, uh-huh. there's the scene where he's working in the chicken shop. That didn't happen before then, did it? It did. It did? Yeah, it did. Because he he spoke in there when he met her. He talked about chicken. And he mentioned about how, like, oh, my mum does chicken. And it's the best yes, chicken. Yes, yes, yes. You're correct. Yes. So they show him, his drag ego. Yeah. And coffee and, working yeah. in, basically, the Dutch version of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. And I forget what it was called. Like, KP or... It's like, Crispy Chicken Supreme. Right, with something. Yeah. And um, he sees her walk in the door and he ducks. And Coffee ducks too. Yeah. And his drag alter ego, or sister cousin or whoever she's supposed to be, it, I mean, it's a caricature. It's offensive on every level you <laughs> yeah. could think of. It's offensive to everybody. It's yeah. offensive to everybody, literally. It's <laughs> offensive to men, to trans, to women, <laughs> yeah. to black, to white. It's just all everything about it was just offensive. Yeah. And... Um, they kind of crawl away, and Ruben runs around to the side and comes in with a bucket of chicken and bumps into her kind of accidentally. She was leaving. She's trying to order from, from, from the alter ego, the drag Ruben. Yeah. And the drag Ruben is giving her all sorts of sass for whatever fucking reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, really? This is just a woman that walked in from the street and you're giving her sass? I mean, you know, th- this obviously isn't the U.S. Because in the U.S., somebody's like, fuck you, I'm calling the cops, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that would have been that. So anyway, so she's about to leave. And Ruben You're too used to good customer service in this country. I, I am. You need to go to like KFC in England and see how they treat you there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It is like... Really? Oh, no, yeah. But the customer... You forget, but customer service is not like a... A thing. No. They're like, well, you got your food. <laughs> Fuck off. I don't have to be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to take your order. That's But you know job. what? But, that, but that, see, that doesn't bother me. I don't care if you're nice or not. Yeah. As long as you're efficient. Because oh, right. I've been in places where, like, well, every, that's the key actually. It's every, everybody is the is the primary, and because of that, there isn't room to be polite. Right. Like fast food in England, generally, it's all about efficiency. Right. Um, and, yeah. and I'm fine with that. If I say I want whatever two Big Macs, two yeah. large fries, two the large, what you want? Okay, good. Two, two large diet cokes, yeah. right? And you give it to me in a short time. You could be as pissy as as long as yeah. you're not cursing on me or spitting on my food. I'll yeah. just be kind of like, "What's up your ass?" But you know, I'll take it. <laughs> and right I won't okay, good for you, fatty. Fuck off now. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> oh, right. Uh, Here it is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't because, but that, but I think that's also like you said. I think in the U.S. that's part of it. People expect that it to be nice. It's like 
He doesn't have to be nice. He just has to be polite and efficient. You just yeah. have to be cordial. So, hello, because you can look as pissed as shit and just be like, hello, how you doing? What can I do for you? Yeah. What do you want? Two big Macs? Okay, great. No one approaches you. Big you go to a clothes shop and you go to a Gap, not a single person will, will talk to you until you like try to buy until you go to the counter to pay right. no one is talking to you right. people are stacking shelves and they're just avoiding your eye contact the whole time <laughs> like it's, it's, it's heaven it's great <laughs> this is true <laughs> I would love that in a furniture store let me oh, tell you <laughs> oh Jesus oh God but that's probably because they get paid and they get paid on commission yeah where in the US they cheap out and everyone has to get paid on commission so they don't have to pay people anything. yeah so so anyway, Robert runs into Novella. They're chatting. They're eating chicken. And you're right. He says to her, she says, this chicken's good. He says, oh, my chicken's better. I'm like, I have a recipe for my mother. She's like, really? He's like, yeah. And I guess it was, that's where it was set up. And he says, I can come over and show you. She's like, yeah, that'd be great. So he comes. Robert comes, knocks on the door. She's not home. She's out with Dutch uh, 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 Norman Reedus, I guess, at the restaurant before she has the big blow up. And the dad, and he says, oh, I was going to show her how to cook uh, chicken the way my mom made. And of course, once again, that kicks into the nostalgia. He says, oh, why don't you cook it for me? So he says, sure. So he goes in, he's cooking up, he's got a beer. Uh, Dad gives him a beer. He brings out an old gramophone, literally a gramophone, not a turntable. But I'm like, I kind of get the feeling he would have a more modern turntable than this old gramophone that's (laughs) in a suitcase, like literally. But anyway, he puts on some uh, old uh, US R&B tune and they're dancing and eating chicken and having a good time. Daughter comes home and she's like, what's this? And she's, oh. And he says, you got to try this chicken. And so she eats the chicken. And she's like, oh. So they're doing this crazy like funky chicken dance, her and her dad. (laughs) And he's drinking. And then a horny mom walks in and he's like all in a panic because he doesn't see her until last second. And she just kind of puts him at ease. She's like, don't even worry about it. I'm going for Papa tonight kind of stuff. And she goes and dances with the dad. Yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of a successful evening. Then we go to the next scene, I think, is her dressed up going to the opera. Yeah. She's all dressed up to the nines. And I said, oh, why don't she go to the opera? And then, sure enough, she calls. And she's talking to Dutch Norman Reedus. Yeah. He's like, what's up? And she's like, I had the tickets for the opera for months. Whatever. Why aren't you here? He's like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I forgot. I have some business to to, to, to you know, yeah. working on some business deal. She gets pissed off. She hangs up, and then you cut back to him, and he's in a hotel lobby. He is doing business, and there's a couple of uh, uh, Asian guys, obviously Chinese from Hong Kong, and he says to them in English, he says, "The deal is more or less done. We just have to fill out some paperwork." Yeah. He says in English. So you're like, "Oh, wait a minute. He doesn't want to invest in Bon Vinny Holland, because uh-huh. even though in this story he's the bad guy." He's got a good nose for business, and he knows Robert is full of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, this is where, where the, 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 the conflict is coming. And then it goes back to Novella in her opera getup, and she calls Robert, and she says, and he's working in the chicken store. And she says, hey, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm just whatever. And uh, I guess he tells her he's working or whatever. Yeah. And she says... Oh, at the opera, I have a ticket. Would you like to join? He's like, sure, when? She said, oh, it starts in 15 minutes. Yeah. And then you just see him running down the sidewalk, and that was the end of our 20 minutes. Yeah. There was a lot in it. It was a lot in it. The amount of times we've seen something, and in 20 minutes, nothing has happened. Nothing. Yeah, no, no, no. 
In ter- right, you're absolutely right, because there was that Indian movie with the girl on holiday in Europe, nothing oh, yeah. happened. Yeah. The Turkish movie with the girl just talking to her brother and drinking tea, nothing yeah. happened. You're right, in a lot of these movies, the, the one that broke us out of the spell actually was the... Um, the one, the Chinese one in Africa, oh, where yeah. the Chinese were the heroes. The salesman, whatever it's called. China salesman, right, right, right. That was good. That was, that was fantastic, with the dummy in the back of the jeep. Oh, that was amazing. I need to watch that whole film, man. <laughs> right, just to see how shitty it was, yeah. because those 20 minutes were great. This was, you're, you're absolutely yeah. right, this had a lot of stuff happening in the 20 minutes. Like, you could really develop the story from there. Yeah. We haven't seen anything before. We don't probably better in Dutch. It probably is probably the only thing we've seen that I genuinely think is actually more entertaining to watch like this. Oh, there, there is one scene that we forgot about where he calls, obviously back in Curacao, and he's talking to a buddy of his. Oh, yeah. And I guess they're arranging the scam, and the buddy says, yeah, yeah, I'm taking care of it, I'm working on it right now. And he hangs up the phone, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, ice lollies! And he's got a little ice cream cart at the beach, and all these little white kids run over and to like buy ice cream and, and goodies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only thing we left out. So it's definitely a scam. He's scamming the old guy and Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus is on to him, but he's falling for Novella. Yeah. And her mom wants to bang him, or her stepmom. It's, um, I assume it's all going to come good. He's, there's actually going to be a real investment by accident at some point. No, I'll, I know what the investment is, but I'll save that, I'll save that oh. for our conclusion. Okay. I'll save that for our conclusion. So, let's review. Oh, yeah, I know as well. Yeah. yeah. I'll, 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 let's, let's review our beers, yeah? Because they yeah. were fantastic beers. Um, and let's first go with the Nata, the Belgian double. 6.5% ABVs and um, 22 IBUs. What did you think, Sean uh, Quigley? A hard style, like I said, I, and my taste buds aren't working very well. Okay. Um, so, but I think it was good. Like, I, 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 you know, the sense that it was... I can't, there's not much to talk about because like I said it didn't taste it great. Um, but it went down nicely and I could tell it wasn't strong. It didn't taste as strong as it was. Right. Um, nice, very nice color. Looked very good. Smelled good. Uh, I'd give it a 3.8 based on what I could tell. Okay. That's fair. I was going to say, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, now I'm a couple of weeks removed from tasting some of the other ones. The other ones really left me floored. Yeah. They were really, really fantastic. Um, I thought, like you said, I thought this was a great beer. Um, it didn't, it didn't drink like it's a six and a half percent. It kind of didn't taste like what it was supposed to be. Also, yeah. it was almost like it was a. They decided to make a double, but they decided to make it milder. Uh-huh. Um, so, but I would give it a three-seven. Yeah. A three-seven is my grade for that. Um, it, what about the Iwit, the, our Wit beer? You want to go first uh, or you want me to go first? I'll go. Yeah, no, okay. I, I preferred that. Again, okay. I, I still I couldn't taste everything, but it, I could tell, you know, I liked it. I liked how light it was. Very clear. Everything you said, you know, very drinkable. Um, very, you know, um, very versatile beer. I, I'd give it a 4.1, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I thought... For what it was, like I said, it was it was a little bit surprising because it tasted more like a lager yeah. than a wit beer. Um, but at the same time, like you said, everything we said, uh, the drinkability, the fact that it's six and a half percent, all of that stuff. For what it is, I thought it was fantastic, um, and I also preferred it to the uh, Nata. I, I give it a three nine. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Dutch beers came through. Yeah, like I said, this is. 
the the other ones that I had, and I would have to look it up to see like what the names were and all that because it's been a few weeks. They were just killer. Like their stout was like off the charts. Yeah, they're just really whoever is make is running this brewery. They know their stuff. Trustworthy people, the Dutch. I don't, there's not many Dutch products, not many Dutch exports that have ever disappointed me. Like tulips. Uh, uh, I guess so. I was thinking more chocolates, but yeah. Oh, like, I was thinking of cheese, chocolate. like Gouda. Oh yeah, cheese. Smoked Gouda is lovely. Yeah, they they got a good. Yeah, they're very. Is Havarti a Dutch cheese also? Yeah, it is. It is. I like. Mm, I like that one too. Yeah. I like cheese. Maybe I, that's what we should review. Was, Man, I never we would heard stink, of huh? Havarti. Okay. Until I worked at Whole Foods for a while when I was when I first came over here, um, and it took me a while. I didn't know what everyone was talking about because everyone just kept asking for Havardi. So I was <laughs> expecting it like 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 V A R D Y like Havardi, and I was like, "What? Where's Havardi?" And they're like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, Havarti." Havardi. It's the old. It's yeah. the it's the old English versus America, England yeah. versus America thing. Like, and I've said this before on the show with the tour guide in Nova Scotia. He was English. Yeah. And he said, water. It's water. There's no D in water. It's water. I was like, yeah, it's like that W in building. <laughs> <coughs> he was like, sir, I'll have you mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> okay. So, um, tell you what. I will go first yep. and tell you what's going on here. Uh-huh. And I'm going to play this straight. I know a lot of times we get kooky yeah, yeah, and try yeah. to take funny angles just to be funny. It's but not big. It's not clever. You know. No, 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 no. no. And you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll say why I want to do it. I want to say it because it is literally a very entertaining 20 minutes that we had. Yeah, it really was. It really was. It got one and a half stars on Netflix, which at this point, I want to be like, come on, Netflix. This is... Yeah. Considering some of those horror shits that we've seen that have gotten like three or four stars, oh. and this yeah. is getting one and a half, I'm like, this was a lot more entertaining. Well, I don't know if it was more entertaining, but you yeah. know, still, I'm gonna play this straight. This is obviously he's obviously a con artist. Uh-huh. It's said in this description why he left. Uh-huh. So he in description said he left the island and moved to Holland because gangsters were after him. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So. It's like, okay, so it was just like, all right, but the con and everything, and I think how did, he's obviously trying to con dad out of money, Yeah, I guess to repay the gangsters, I'm guessing, uh-huh. they're going to bust him, but in the end, what's going to happen, he's going to open his own chicken, fried chicken store chain, Yeah, and his cousin slash sister slash whoever the scary drag version is of his, <laughs> is going to, I don't know, take up porn. As a living, because it was very uh, 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 energetic, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And and then of course he'll hook up with Novella, and Dutch Norman Reedus is, or oh, maybe you know, oh no no no, that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna hook up with Novella, and Dutch Norman Reedus is gonna get just like pile drive by his drag alter ego. Yeah. That's what I think is gonna happen. He's gonna have a little bit of Dutch chocolate of his yeah. own. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I think is going on here. Yeah. Okay. In the fried chicken store, no less. That makes sense. Yeah. Me, what I think is going on here, I think it's a bunch of uh, English people um, trying to pretend to speak like German. Uh, the whole thing just seemed like a bunch of English people doing fake German <laughs> the whole way through. 
She's like, ooh, you, um, ah, smoofing life, my heart from the season, ah, yeah, yeah, my microwave. I think my favorite is, it's funny to hear in a different language the English idioms that get caught up. When he's talking to the ice cream dude on the phone, he's like, Bro, bro, bro. And I'm like, wow, with the rolling R, all right. I'm digging that. So, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yep. Bunch of English people speaking German. Um, or trying to. Yeah, I think that, that, that's going on. Um, and I don't know, I don't know why. I don't think I know why. Okay. Um, but I feel like at some point near the end, you know, a real German person is going to turn up and start speaking German. And fuck them all up. And they're all going to be like, um, okay. <laughs> and then it'll be like, ah. And then they'll just go full, full Nazi. They'll be like, ah, nein, schnell, schnell. And then they just get taken away. Brexit, schnell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it is. That's what's going on. It's a bunch of British people who have moved to, who are trying to stay in Europe. And pretending that they're German. That's exactly what it is. And that's exactly what, this, <laughs> what it is. That is exactly what immigration it is. catches up with them. <laughs> and the German immigration <laughs> officer is the quote-unquote bad guy. Yeah. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so there's people, I'm scratching my story. This is about a bunch of English pricks trying to get out of Brexit. Yeah. By sneaking into Germany. Yeah. There it is. Uh, I think that's what's going on here. I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's a hell of a conclusion, my friend. That's a great step, but we should, we should make that film. That's a... <laughs> no, you know what? That would be a hell of a film. <laughs> I, I might just start yeah. writing the script tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, then. Well, folks, there you go. Um, that's this episode, number 55. We watched Bon Benny Holland, and we had Nata and Iwit. By Brewery E from Amsterdam. Lovely beers. If you get a chance, buy them and consume. You won't be sorry. Yep. And we'll talk to you next time. Yep. See ya. Bye. Bye.